Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezrat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Ein in Maseches Gitten. We're going to learn today Lerfur Shlema for Shir Fega Bas and Amma Bluma, who's going for a PET scan now, I'm told, and for Zacharia, Dov Ben Peril Shira. May all Chol Yisrael and them have a Refua Shlema. Okay, so now we're talking about Refua, actually, coincidentally. What in the time of the Gemara did we say? were the refuos for the following external, uh, externally uh, occurring lesions. Amar Shmuel, five lines down on Ayin Amad Aleph. So we left off. Haiman Demachalei Be'alonche Defarsai. Is that where we started? Okay. So, a Farsai is Persian. Alonche is a spear. So if you get an open wound, an external wound because you're... You were hit by a spear. Well, the Persian spear is one that has poison at the end of it. We see that that that, that went all the way up into. I know that uh, you know when the when the cowboys and the Indians was a big uh, rivalry back in the day. I don't even know if you could say that anymore. But that's what we used to play: cowboys and Indians. You, that you, we can't play that anymore, can we, Andrew? The Native Americans' land was being evaded, and they would have feces at the end of their um, of their spears because that would actually uh, cause infection. Right? In other words, you have the wound, and the wound can get infected. The Persians had poison; it was more sudden. The point is, you can't survive that because that's you know when you talk about remedies, that's going to be a problem because you can't get. The poison or the infection out of there in those days. Okay. Meanwhile, there's a way to prolong them in order prolong them. Why would you want to prolong um, them so that they can sort their affairs, right? Fed fatty meat roasted on coils and on coals rather and undiluted wine. And after the Chayaporta Mafkira Bese, and that's what the Gemara says, because it gives them a greater lifespan, and they can right sort out their household affairs, and so that's what they used to do: fatty meat, roasted on coals, and undiluted wine. As we will see, they use that for a lot of things in order to prolong. Uh, amazingly, in in American history, <laughs> there was a President Garfield, who, by all accounts, was slated to be one of the best presidents of all, uh, of hi- in history. He was an incredible person. He was, there was an assassination attempt, um, but it really he was just wounded externally. Um, and he would have survived had it happened today. It wasn't so bad. In other words, vital organs weren't destroyed. It was, he died from infection, from sepsis, over months and months. He'd only been in office a few months. He died from sepsis. Um, Jacob Lister was already alive. In England, the surgeons were already using antiseptic technique and they were, they would, he would have survived. But the old guard in the surgical, uh, uh, in, in the surgical um, association of the United States were not buying it. Sometimes people are not happy to, for new techniques. People don't like change sometimes. And so they were sticking their filthy fingers in uh, inside the wound to see where the bullet hole went, and they caused sepsis on the president. And so this was not so long ago. Uh, oh, this was President Garfield, uh, and they were giving him literally buser shmena and undiluted wine. 
he was being given because I read this in a in a uh, in a book about it. Destiny of the Republic, highly recommended. Anyway, years ago I read this, but the point is, this is what they were giving him: fatty meat and undiluted wine. Talking about Alexander Graham Bell was around, Jacob Lister was around. This is modern times, and anyway, this was they were still using the times of the Gemara in the United States at the time. Anyway, so furthermore, here we go. Amar Avidi Bar Avin, Hai Man Zibur, a person who swallows a hornet, Mikhail Chaye, that is a fatal thing. Adahachi Bahachi. Meanwhile, how do you at least keep them around? Nashke Raviyasa Dachal Shamgaz, give a drink of Raviyas of stronger vinegar, Efshad Dachai Porto Mafkid Levete, and then he'll live a little bit longer and, uh, and can uh, assort his household affairs. Avishim and Levi, Achal Basar Shorba Lefes. If you eat beef with turnips, and then Vlan Bilvan Vilele Abasar Chamishasar with Kufas Tammuz, sleep in the open air under the 14th, 15th night of the, of, of any, of, of the Kufas Tammuz is the, is what we call the summer. Right during the summer season, then you're going to be seized. That's not not that your grandmother knows that you should not do. You're going to get achiz achilu. What's achilu? The Gemara is going to explain what achilu is. But the good, the, but you don't want to sleep in the open air on the 14th, 15th, not the, by, the, by the moon after eating beef with turnips because you're going to get achilu. Tana malakreisim we call davar or chazda achilu. There's a brisa that says that. Achilu is something that you can get not just from this very specific uh, open air situation uh, and, and very specific dish, but really any amount of overeating can cause achilu. Even with dates. What do you mean, even with dates? What do you mean? You can overeat with anything, including dates. The Gemara answers in that well, We thought dates was like the magic superfood. Even though Mar said that dates are this amazing superfood because they satiate and they warm the body and they loosen the bowels and they provide energy and they don't spoil he who takes who partakes of them, right? So even though we know that they're amazing, and although and as Rashi says, uh, when you eat them, they don't just make you want to eat more rich foods. They're just great on their own. So you would have thought there is no amount of dates that would be too many dates that would cause achizu, amalo, right? You would think, achilu rather. You may think that uh, you can't overindulge in dates. Answer is, Kamash Malan, Rav Papa is explaining that even dates can be too much, can be too much. Uh, um, it's interesting. Rav Papa himself, I think we already said in Brachos, was large man himself. Okay, so, my Achilu. What, after all, is Achilu? Amar Rabbi Lazar, Eish Shel Atzamos. Fire of the bones. That's what gets called, caused by the uh, general overeating or even some of the specific thing with the with uh, going on the moon. My Eish Shel Atzamos. What do you mean? What's what's bone fire? Amar so what, what is fire of bones? Amar baye eish garme, bone fire. What's the difference between fire of bones and bone fire? Um, fire of the bones that kind of consumes the marrow. Okay? Um, yeah. Garma is, is the Aramaic word for bone. Okay? Um, anyways, it's, uh, it's something that I don't know. Maybe maybe it is this kind of thing where, um, well, I'm not sure exactly how how it would you know what the uh, modern day equivalent of it is, but we know we do have 
bone marrow maladies, um, and Rahman uh, al nobody should have any of this. And therefore, it would be good to, uh, to avoid this kind of overeating. You are what you eat, and eating healthy is certainly important. And we're going to see, we're going to see that this, this actually, we're getting close to some suggestions in the Gemara that the Rambam does codify in Hilchos Deus. Be that as it may, the Gemara says, Maya Suse, what's the remedy? Before we get to what the Rambam is going to quote, we're getting to Abaye's adopted mother. Amar Abaye, Amrali Aim. Here we go. You ready, Andrew? Whole Foods Aisle 7. What did Abaye's adopted mother say? Kulu Shakaini of Shiva All other beverages you should either take for three, uh, seven or 12 days. But the following remedy can be taken continuously. Right, so she has she had a regimen that three, seven, and twelve days. Right, when you get antibiotics, and they say this is how long you take it for. But this one, you could just keep taking it until you get better. Kula shikaini alibarekana, and all other beverages you have to take on an empty stomach. But the following remedy that you're gonna that she's gonna tell you now, you don't take on an empty stomach. You take it on a full. You have to eat, drink, relieve yourself in the bathroom, and then wash your hands. And then, and then, here we go. A fistful of lentil porridge, and a fistful of aged wine. You knead it together and eat the mixture. Then you wrap yourself in blankets, go to sleep in order to schwitz it out. And nobody should wake this sleeping person until he rises on their own. And when you wake up on your own from this, take off the blankets immediately. And if he doesn't, the illness is, could return. Therefore, take off the blankets because basically it sounds like you're schwitzing it out into the blanket and get rid of that blanket immediately. Okay. She was, um, she was on top of this kind of thing. So now we're going to talk about this, the following halachas have to do with, uh, these make them their way into Hilchas Deos. So this is really more fundamentals of health, Garanowitz. Amrlai Eliyahu Rabbi Nassim. Eliyahu? Yeah, Eliyahu Navi. He spoke to some of these, uh, he's, he spoke to some of the sages. So Eliyahu Navi told this to Rabbi Nassim. So the, he really knew. And so it is therefore less surprising that this would endure the test of time. Uh, aside uh, unlike some of these other homeopathic, we'll call them remedies, or what was then medicine, um, this is made stood the test of time as following. It says the Gemara, You should only eat one-third of your stomach's capacity, drink one-third of your stomach capacity, and leave a third of your stomach unfilled. Okay, so don't eat till you're full. Okay. Because this way, if you get angry after a meal where presumably your stomach, or at least they believe the stomach contracts, you won't be filled, you will then be filled to capacity, which is to say, if you're full and then you get angry, so then you'll be over capacity, and that's a very unhealthy. Furthermore, if you want to avoid intestinal illness, you should dip your bread in wine or vinegar, both in the summer or the winter. Tibul, as we know, right, is dipping. Right, uh, so it means you dip your bread in wine or bigger, uh, vinegar. And if your meal gives you pleasure, you have to be careful. If you're at a meal that's especially delicious, you have to be especially careful not to overindulge. And also, if you need to make a nature call, if nature calls, answer that call. 
you have to be uh, uh, attentive to that call and don't delay going to the bathroom. Okay. So there you go. So that is some sound life advice for health as it pertains to nutrition. Amar Mar Ukva. Okay, so now let's talk about uh, certain activities that bring on feebleness. If you drink white tilia, um, it's like not good wine. You could become weak. Vitek here means like weak or feeble. Okay. There's 60 types of wine. The best one is the aromatic red. Andrew, you like the aromatic red, right? And the worst is the white tilia. Okay? Ah, no. Andrew, he doesn't like the mug and David 7-7. I once bought a banana liqueur. I didn't know what I was doing. My year in Israel, we were like eating some of, some of our sukkahs, and I bought a banana liqueur, and I should have known it wasn't really quality stuff because I don't know anything about liquor, uh, Barry. I, never, I still don't drink wine. I, I can barely drink it for Dalt Kosas and Pesach. I never, I'm just a grape juice guy. But, so I didn't know what I was buying, but I should have known because it didn't have like a nice illustration of bananas. I figured bananas are delicious. I don't know what I'm doing. But it had like a photo of bananas on the bottle. And it wasn't even like good looking bananas. Like they could have found better bananas to take a photo of. Anyway, the guy was so mad, he made us drink it. It was just nasty. Avocado. And, what? Avocado. Yeah, avocado. Anyways, yeah, I think that that's right around, that, that, that had some white tilia in it. It was not good. Amar Behuda. Don't sit near fire on Nisan mornings. Vishayf And then, oh, gym tan laundry. You oil yourself and go and sit in the sun. And then, ochas de vitek. Yeah, that's going to make you feeble. Tanarbanan. Furthermore, Hiki's dam v'shimish mitasa. Yes, I mean, you know about the Hakazas dam used to be all over the world. I think even Garfield, yeah, if, if memory serves, right? American president, 100 years ago, they were doing bloodletting. Uh, anyways, if you do the bloodletting and engage in conjugal relations the same day, again, feeble kids, or if both men and women uh, do the bloodletting and have tashmish, they're going to be afflicted with ra'asan, which is, I think, even worse. That's very weak. You might recall this from Ksubis. We, we already went through this a little bit um, where we had, um, Rasan had like an organism that goes into the mind. Uh, yeah, the, the, those Gemara's and Ksubis with the horrible secretions. Anyway, Amar of Papa, La Amaran El Delotai Midi. This is only if you didn't need anything between the bloodletting and the Tashmish of Altai Midi Lace Ba. But if you get a little energy in between the bloodletting and the Tashmish, then it's a little bit better. It's better. Okay, you don't come back from the road and then do tashmish right away because that is, leads to feeble children and straight out of the bathroom you don't do tashmish wait a little bit the amount of time it takes to walk two thousand, uh, a thousand amos, right? about nine minutes, okay uh, and he gives a rationale. What's the rationale? The shade base akise. I do remember this, right? Abaye's mother got him a therapy pet for the base akise to protect him from the shadim. That was in Brooklyn, I think. And his wife used to put her hand 
uh, over her, over about his head. Um, oh, Andrew, you see? Did you hear that, Barry? I'm learning it. Samach Dalid. Samach Aleph. How do you like that? There's, yeah, the little lamb, the therapy pet for the bathroom. That was the mother. And then I think it was the wife that put the hand over his head while he was on the base. Like he say, oh, that was Rabbi Shmuel, to protect him from the shade. Go, go check that out. He wasn't by himself. Right, so he wouldn't be by himself because when you're together, the shade them usually go away. It's like the aliens, Barry. Now that, we have cell, now that we have cell phones that we can take pictures with, the aliens know, so they don't come down anymore. Um, but the... Um, uh, yeah, anyway, so they used to do that. We have, we have a design flaw in our bathroom, I told Atara. We don't have a window for her to stick her hand through, yeah. Okay, Okay. so again, you're going to have severe cramps. Wait, what? Oh, wait. Uh, yeah, so right? Because the shade of the basic say is with him, so then you have to, it takes, it takes him nine minutes for the shade basic say to, you know, go away. And if you do so, you can have children with epilepsy if you do that. Okay. Okay. standing. You're going to get severe cramps. Or uh, sitting is delaria, which sounds like delirium, but we're going to explain what delaria is. Okay. Or if Tashmish with uh, she's in the top and he's on the bottom, you're going to be seized with Delaria, which the Gemara says, my Delaria. Okay, so what is Delaria? Amr Shubin Levi, Sam Delaria Dardara. The antidote is Dardara. Okay, so what's the antidote and what's the condition? My Dardara. What's Dardara? Amr Abayim Marika Dechoche. Saffron from wild thorns. Okay, and Rav Papa Alis of Rav Papa would chew saffron and swallow it. And Rav Papa Alis Vishadeleh. Probably would chew it and spit it out. So some would chew and swallow. Some would chew and spit it out. Um, I see in the art school that they say it's like a type of yawning. Okay? Uh, fine. That from the, right, from the antidote, you could see what the condition might be. Okay. Now, with regards to Tashmash Armor by Misha Inu Baki Eretz, right, a person who is basically impotent, Leite Tlas Kfize Kurtme Dechuche. You have three kfizes of saffron growing in a field fertilized with the choche, which is sheep dung. Venid kuninhu, grind it up. Put them in, boil them in wine and drink the mixture. No, thank you. says, yeah, it sounds gross, but guess what? I drank it and I felt like I was 14 or whatever. Afterwards brought me back uh, to full, full youth. Okay, fine. Let's go more basic now. There are three things that can drain a person's strength more than anything else. And they are pachad, anxiety, derech, travel, the avon, sin. Those things, right, uh, will, can drain a person's, sap a person's strength. How do we know? Pachad, anxiety. My heart is filled with anxiety. And it is affected my strength. This is a pasuk in Tehillim. Derech tichsev ina baderech kochi. My strength was afflicted baderech on the way. Also Tehillim. And avon and sin tichsev kashal ba'avoni kochi. That because of my avon, my strength has failed 
also uh, famously in Tehillim. Uh, yeah, so so Shlosha, so that is three things: anxiety, travel, and uh, and and sin. Another three things: Adam that can tear down a person's body, right? Like matizin is like matishin. Eluhein, achal, right, sap strength. Achal ma'umad, eating, standing. Shasa ma'umad, drinking, standing. Vishim shvitasa ma'umad, and doing tachmer, standing. So those are three things you should avoid doing standing, okay? Then, chamisha korban lemisa yosem minachayim. And then there's five things that are so harmful that it's like you're closer to death than to life. Ve'eluhein, achal ve'amad, Eating and then immediately standing up. Shasav Ahmad drinking and immediately jumping up. Hikis Dam Ahmad standing, jumping up straight after, right, doing bloodletting. Yashan Ahmad jumping out of bed. Shemesh Mitasav Ahmad and jumping out of bed after Tashmish. All these things. It's like a, it's like a, like a hydrostatic hypotension, isn't it, Andrew? Okay, you got to get up a little slowly. And then Shisha Osasan Miyad Mace. Six things. Cause somebody to die miyad. You come home exhausted from the road and, he, and then hikis dam, lead blood. So this is now, looks like you're going through a whole regimen of the wrong things to do. So definitely don't do this. Go on a long trip, come back totally exhausted, let blood, hikis dam right away. Then nichnas lebeis go into the bathhouse. And then then drink until you're intoxicated, v'yashin al-gabe karka, then sleep on the ground, v'shishim v'tasa, and then do tash v'shamita, that is a recipe for sudden death, Rahman al-Tzlan. Says the Gemara, Rabbi Yochanan v'usha son kisidron. Yeah, Rabbi Yochanan is pointing out, if you do those six specific things in that specific order, boom, 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 that's how you get into trouble. Amar abaye kisidron meis, shlo kisidron chalish. So Baye just points out, if you do it considering you're a goner, but if you do it out of order, it's still not great, right? I used to travel once a month from uh, when we lived in Israel, almost like once every six weeks, five, six weeks, for 16 years. I'd come back exhausted, uh, but I didn't do any bloodletting, but I did take a shower, but I never drank, so I skipped a lot of these things. But I still felt pretty schwach, Barry, when I got back, the jet lag. Ainy, also I was working pretty hard, that was... That was crazy. Anyway, the Gemara says, Aini, is it really true? But there was a woman whose name was Meuras. She did only of these three things to her slave, and he died right away. Oh, so maybe you don't have to do all of them. So the Gemara says, No, he, he was shvach to begin with. So he was a little bit more susceptible. Okay. Yeah. I wouldn't do that, uh, I don't think, today. I wouldn't want to do that. Although I know older people who are still uh, commuting. Anyway. Shmona Ruban Kashumiutan Yafe. There are eight things that are harmful in abundance, but in moderation they're great. Ve'elain Derech Vederech Eretz, travel, and Derech Eretz here is referring to Atashmish. Osher Umalacha, wealth, good in moderation, not so much in abundance. Malacha is work. Yain Vishena, wine, good in moderation, and sleep, good in moderation, but not sleeping a day away. Chamin v'hakazas dam, warm water, and in those days they felt the same about bloodletting. Um, any of this stand out for you, Andrew? Is there any of these that you'd want in abundance as opposed to just in moderation? They all look very good. They all look very good to you. But you don't, you don't feel like being moderate with any of them? I guess everything is moderation. 
bloodletting has been, yeah, you, you, this is a chiddush for you. So yeah, you got to take it easy on the, on the bloodletting. Rashi talks about Osher. Says Rashi, Osher, wealth. Mi'uto yafe verubo kasha. If you have a little bit of wealth, that's a good thing, right? But to have a too much is kasha wa'ashim mitalma Torah umagviya levavo. It has two effects, amazingly, according to Rashi. It's going to be mevatla mitalma Torah because you're always going to be busy with your business and your guilt. And also, it makes you haughty. That's not the best either. You get into the wrong mindset thinking that you're awesome because you have money, and that's always a recipe for disaster. So that's what Rashi says. Um, interesting. Okay. Uh, we do have an avos, marbe nechas and marbe daga. It could also increase anxiety. Okay. And also, uh, the art school quotes the Ben Yoyodo points out that if, it, if you um, flaunt your wealth, then that can bring upon an ayin hara. So the wealth itself, uh, in moderation, and if you're modest about it, not so bad. Um, but otherwise, and you have a car satov and all of those things, you don't let it get to your head, and, it doesn't, and you don't get consumed with it, okay. But in moderation, uh, better, okay. Good. Another, another list. Shmona mematimus of Zara. These are eight things that diminish... Right, your virility count. Ve'eluhein, hamelach, salt, varav, hunger, vanetek, nesek. Okay, which is like tsaras. Okay, b'chia, too much crying. V'shein al gabe karka, sleeping on the ground. Good god, nanios, coriander. Uchishish lobizmana, and you have to have hops in season, Andrew. Because of dam lamataki flyim. And what's this? Hakazas dam. So bloodletting. When you're letting out blood, you could do it from below or above. Where's below and from above? So you're not supposed to take it from like your legs. You're supposed to take it from your upper body in those days. So a little bit of the bloodletting parameters. And we have a bracer to that effect. Tana, kashem just like bloodletting below is twice as harmful as any other thing. So they, they thought bloodletting above is beneficial and below the waist. It's really above the waist and below the waist. Above the waist, bloodletting they thought was good. Below the waist, they thought was terribly, doubly bad. Amar of Papa, as we turn to Ayanam and Bez. They, they didn't live too long because they had so many bad things happening. Yeah, they didn't have the best medicine practices then. Um, lamata, lamata, Yeah, he's talking about below means below the belt and lamala means above the belt. What are these hops not in season? That's what they have in beer, right, Barry? Hops. Just like hops are harmful when not in season, that's how good they are when they are in season. So hops in season is a good thing. Summer fapas manatamas. What is the season? It's the summer. Shlobis mana is tevis, which is the winter. Yome nisan yome tishrei lo malav lo kashu. And then the spring, which is yome nisan, and the fall, which is yome tishrei, they're neither here nor there. Those hops are, they're okay, but they're not beneficial or anything. So you want to get those summer hops. Um, fine. Five lines down, two dots. Amar Kitsu Get Ishti. Uh oh, we're back in getting Andrew. <laughs> so here we go. Okay. You got all these uh, recommendations, Barry? Okay, we're going to try to not overeat. We're going to try to get proper rest and all good things in moderation. Vaita. Amar Kitsu Get Ishti. Man says, right to get from a wife. Yeah, that's how he got here. That was, this is Misha Achazu. So, the Achazu Kordaikus. Now he has the delirium. So again, let's, let's go to the sequence. He's of sound mind and body and clarity, and he says he wants to get for his wife, and then he gets seized by this delirium. 
And then, So then while he is, this is a quote from the Mishnah, while he is in the state of delirium, he says, don't write the get. The Mishnah says, he, what he says in a state of delirium is totally disregarded, right? So we, which means, which is to say, we give the get, right? What, so, Amar of Shimon Lakish, get Lealter. So, Lakish points out that you can give the get immediately. You don't have to wait for him to recover. You have to wait until he quiets down uh, from his, you know, from his delirium and his seizure. So the question is like this. Wait a minute. If a guy says, and he's sound mind and body, and then he sends a shliach, so shouldn't that, shouldn't we go with Rish Lakish? You give the get right away. Well, why are you waiting for him to get better? So let's see. My time at the Rish Lakish, so the reason for Rish makes sense. We know. Because Rish Lakish is saying, anything that happens once he gets a delirium, you totally disregard it. So of course, you, you act upon the instructions you gave while he was of sound mind and body, and you give the get right away. However, So what would Yochanan say? Why does he think that you have to wait till his seizure goes away? Because when the husband's mind cleared, what he means is, the shlichim don't have to ask him again for permission. That's what the Mishnah means. In other words, the Mishnah, when the Mishnah says, right, ein dvar klum, they said, which is to say like this, that the Mishnah, according to Rabbi Yochanan, is not really contradicting uh, him, which is to say as follows. When, when the husband says, give the get to my wife, and then he goes into delirium. So then we will act certainly on his initial instructions and he can't retract them. However, right, we are going to wait until he gets better. Okay, why? So that's the Gemara. But my Kamifligi, what is this Machlokas about? This is very interesting. See, Rishlokish says he's like sleeping. Okay, so here, here, here's, what, here's what's going on. Kurdaikus, okay, and there's a big tumult here in the Torah and the Rambam. Uh, there's a lot of lumdas here, right? All of a sudden we got into a lumdas uh, to We fell into a lumdas wormhole here, Barry, because one says he's like a sleeping and one he says like a shota. So I'll say it outside, okay? It's like this. When one sends an agency, and, and, and this does get into Shlucha Shel Adam Kamoso, Right? When a person sends a shliach, right? Would you say, would anybody in their right mind say that now that you've sent a shliach on a mission, a person sends a shliach on a mission to give a get? Uh, and it's a three day mission, right? Which is why he didn't go in the first place, because he can't take off three days from work. So he has a shliach that he gets paid, that that's his job. Does that mean he can't sleep for three days, Barry? He has to stay awake for 72 hours? Because if he falls asleep, that all of a sudden the shliach loses the agency, so to speak, of, his, of the person who sent him. So certainly nobody would say that that's the case, right? But we do have a parallel with regards to if the person who sent the shliach becomes a shota, then the shlichus does lose his agency. Because after all, right, there is a certain amount of the initial agency where the person who sent, the per, uh, on, sent someone on a shlichus Right, has to be of sound mind and body 
because in a certain sense it's shlucho shalalim kamoso. To the extent that the shliach is an extension of the person who sent him, that person who sent him has to be of sound mind and body. So don't forget, the locha would be, a person says, sends a shliach to send to get to his wife. And we know that it's a 10-day journey, right? And 10 minutes after the shliach walks out the door, he becomes a shota. That get is not valid. We have to chase the guy down because the initial sender, the initiator of the shlichus is no longer eligible to have a shaliach. Okay? So that is true of if a person becomes a shote. Whereas if a person simply goes to sleep, that's part of the regular uh, right cycle of the day, the circadian rhythm. And so that's normal. And, it's, and, and you don't expect the original initiator to be awake. You just expect him to be of sound mind and body. And okay. So the issue is Kurdaikus. What is that like? It's a delirium that has a remedy. How do you know they have a remedy? Because we just read all the remedies, right? You get the fatty meat and the, and the undiluted wine. So if it is in fact a delirium that has a remedy, it's like a shota that wakes up from his shota. So is he more like a yashan and it's part of regular life because it has a remedy? Or is he more like a shota in the sense that now you would have to reinitiate it, right? The shlichus because you lost it in the middle. So now let's read that all inside. It says the Gemara. Why does Rabbi Yochanan not think that he's like asleep, asleep and therefore, and, and, and therefore you would not, you would be able to give the get right away. So the Gemara. A person who's sleeping will eventually wake up spontaneously. You don't need to do anything to wake him up. This one, you have to give him the antidote in order for him to come to, right, and become, uh, right, alert again. Okay, so then Rish Lakish Nami double Shote. So in that sense, Rish Lakish should also compare it to Shote. Says the Gemara, no, Shote, Losamibiyadan. Once a person's an actual Shote, there is no cure for that. Hi, Samibiyadan. But when it comes to the Kurdaikas, we just discussed what the antidote is. So that's what makes it this hybrid thing where you have Machlokas. Is it like a Yashan or is that you actually can continue your shlichus, or is it like a shlote, shota where the shlichus is terminated? And what, in fact, is the antidote? We already said, right, the lean meat, I said fatty, my bad, lean meat boiled on coals, and, and the watered-down wine. I, th- I think I said non-diluted wine, fatty meat, it's the exact opposite. It's lean meat and diluted wine. Okay, 13 lines up from the wide. Uh, did Rabbi Yochanan really say uh, that that he's like a shota. Person Rahman al gets his throat slit. We don't we don't see him die, but we see the trachea and the esophagus are mostly like slit. But he still can talk, not really can't talk, but he can still be a little bit alive enough to gesture right again for my wife somehow. Okay? So do you do it or not? The guy's a goner. Says the Brysa. In the name of uh, Shmuel, Hare Elu Yichtavu Vietnu. You can write it based on that. Vitanya, and the Brisa says, Ra'u Meguya Rotsalavalatsliva. If you saw him cut to pieces or in the gallows, Ramos Ramar kiss forget Lishti, but he's still alive enough to gesture to give the get to his wife. Hare Elu Yichtavu Vietnu. Right? So the Brisa says, you can actually continue to write again. So we see, right, that this person is mortally wounded, but you could still write again. So wouldn't you say that mortally wounded is. Worse than Kardaikas? Kardaikas is just a delirium that actually has a remedy. So why was Yochanan not allow that? So the Gemara says, Hachi Can you really compare? Hasam daita tzilusahi. 
What are you talking about? Okay, so his throat was slit. That's the worst thing in the world. And he's for sure going to die. But it doesn't affect his cognitive abilities. So that's why we, right, can give a get based off of what he says. It's only a physical problem that's begun, right? But, but it hasn't affected his mental capacity. But here, when you're talking about delirium, so it affects it where it counts the most, in his das, right? In his cognitive ability, when you have kardaikus. So it's for that reason. The Rabbi Yochanan would say, kardaikus, we're going to have to wait for that to go away because the whole power of the shlichus here is the mental capacity. So with kardaikus, that's compromised. Whereas with the, right, when a person is mortally wounded, so he's physically compromised, but he's not intellectually compromised. And it is for that reason that he can, um, right, commission a get when he is mortally wounded, but not when he is seized by kardaikus. That's Rabbi Yochanan's. Um, that's, that's how Rabbi Yochanan would explain that. Now the Gemara wants to say, Miyam or Shmuel Hachi, did Shmuel really say that you still are considered alive when you get shechted by the esophagus and trachea? That's what we just quoted. But didn't we say, Didn't we say in a different context, as Rashi says, right, in the, in the context of, right, getting remarried. So if a witness saw a guy on the battlefield or wherever get shechted into pieces and the esophagus and trachea are severed, so can his wife, is his wife an aguna? Because all he saw is he saw this action, but he did not see the guy actually die. So the answer is yes, he's considered dead. He's as good as dead to the point where his wife can re- remarry. So the Gemara asks, But after all, now this poses a contradiction with the Shmuel. Because Shmuel says, when you, test, when you say, give a get le'ishti, we will consider you to still be viable enough that we're going to give the get. Whereas, if you see on the battlefield that it happened, we're considering you as good as dead. So which is it? Are you dead or alive? Says the Gemara, Amrei chayu v'sofalamos. Yeah, when you see that happen on, on the battlefield, in that moment, he's still alive. But he's a goner. You know, if you wait, you know, the next day, you know for sure he's gone by then. So says the Gemara, if that's really true, if the Teretz is that we see a person mortally wounded, we consider him as good as dead, but, but he's still alive now, if that, that, that seems like a logical answer. But if that's true, so a person who inadvertently cut another's, uh, you know, right, what, how do you go into Gullus, Rahman al-Islan? A person accidentally kills somebody. So let's say a person accidentally slits somebody's throat and esophagus um, and trachea, uh, does he go into Gullus? The answer is no. Right? Alama Tanya, why do we have a Brysa Shachal Bashnaim or Reza ain't no Gullah? Why do we say that if a person accidentally slits someone else's esophagus and trachea, that he doesn't go into Gullus? After all, we see that he's as good as dead when that happens. Because in order to go to Gullus, you have to be the sole and only cause of death. And when one is slitting someone else's throat, it could be that the condition was aggravated and wind aided, or inami hukiris mitaso, or maybe the victim himself hastened his own death by uh, slap by flapping around, and so therefore it is not the sole cause of death. This uh, thing, it's true that he's going to die eventually, but these other things are aiding factors, and maybe that is going to be the, the cause of death ultimately. So it's like a joint cause of death. My benai, what's the difference between a wind and a guy moving around, yeah. 
What if you're in a marble house where there's no wind and you're flapping and, and the victim's flapping around? So then, in that case, it's not going to be wind aided or inami the shachta bivar Or maybe you're in a uh, you're windy area and the guy is not flapping around and that's an area. So it'll be because of the wind. Okay. Now two dots, seven lines up from the bottom. We still have a couple of minutes. What if somebody became mute? Says the Gemara. What do we say? The Mishnah said that you go to the mute person and you ask him to nod yes or no, and that's good enough, says the Gemara. But maybe it's like a social tick that he's just like nodding randomly. No, we say at intervals, like we ask him relevant questions and we see, is this deliberate? Like, is he really saying it or is he just kind of like jerking his head? So we say, can we really trust it? Like, how do we know that he's not just jerking his head randomly? So you do a pattern. Two things that you have to say no, and one thing you have to say yes, or two things you have to say, right, etc. A pattern in order to, see, to determine, is he really doing it deliberately, or is he just jerking his head around? Or say winter things in the summer, summer things in the winter, winter things in the summer. In other words, you establish context, Andrew. My nihu. Well, if you're going to say, are you cold or are you hot? Maybe chill gripped him or maybe he's hot or maybe he's cold, says the Gemara. No, you question him about seasonal fruits, Andrew. Once you ask him about seasonal fruits, then you don't say that he's unseasonably cold or unseasonably hot. You just assume that he's answering. And the bottom line is, once you establish context, so you can tell whether he's nodding yes or no. And then in that context, even a cherish can also verify the delivery of the get. So Bezat Shem will resume tomorrow in the two dots in the top line of Ayn Aleph, Ahmed Aleph.